Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. It's that little chico pit boom, Mr. 305, but I said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at negative to positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken and you know, that's fire. Now, Babo, you know that you could get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on negative to positive, we're always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how our life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Hey guys, Perry here to tell you a little bit about Pluto TV. It's the leading free streaming television service where you can watch over 100 TV channels and thousands of movies on demand, all completely free. Pluto TV never asks for your credit card. You don't even need to sign up to watch for free. Pluto TV is the easiest and completely legal way to watch your favorite TV shows and hit movies for free. So what are you waiting for? Never pay for TV again by downloading Pluto TV. You can download Pluto TV for free on all of your favorite devices today, including your phone, your Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Apple TV, Smart TVs, PlayStation, and anywhere else you stream. It's that little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Welcome back to Collider Movie Talk. Today we're talking about the Fast and Furious franchise because there was a bit of a behind-the-scenes shakeup over there. And then on top of that, we're going to cover a whole bunch of different projects that are coming together right now at the Cannes Film Festival that you have to know about. And I am very lucky to be at this table today with 
two guys you know maybe all too well. It is John Roca and Jeff Snyder. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going on here. This is some fancy glasses that you got yourself yeah. there. Are yeah. those Thank the you. real deal? Those are Rite Aid specials. Those, these are, these are <laughs> I had a feeling. <laughs> Carvana. Carvana. Oh, Carvana. Oh, yes. look at you. So them. fancy. Somebody they the Do That's they wear right, those bro. at the Met Gala? I don't know. I don't think I could pull it off. You could pull it off. You're rocking it right, quite well. All right. Let's jump into this first story because there's a lot of background information you're going to want to hear so we could tee up the situation right now because it's a pretty big game changer for the Fast and Furious franchise over at Universal moving forward. So according to THR, in the wake of a bitter legal dispute over Hobbs and Shaw, Universal has not only dropped producer Neil Moritz from that specific spinoff film, but they also... Also banished him from any role in a future Fast and Furious movie. Moretz has a pay or play deal over there. So what that means is basically Universal does have to compensate him on the Fast and Furious movies, even if executives don't want him involved. So this decision to remove him from the franchise is pretty costly for them. Apparently, Universal is willing to pay Moritz off for the main Fast and Furious movies, but it contends he has no right to act as producer of Hobbs and Shaw. But Moritz claims that he had a deal, but it was an oral arrangement there with Universal president Jimmy Horowitz to produce Hobbs and Shaw. And he worked on the film until he was dropped on the eve of shooting. Moritz right now is seeking the money he says he was owed as a producer and also millions in reputational damages. And he claims he came up with the idea for the spinoff with screenwriter Chris Morgan and also spent months developing it on top of that. Studio Insider told THR that Universal tried to work out a deal with Moritz, but after a long, torturous history of fighting with him to the courthouse steps on every movie in the franchise, the company got fed up. Universal needs franchises right now, and their hopes would be that Hobbs and Shaw would generate some sequels here. And they're also exploring some other ideas that THR pointed out. For example, a female-fronted Fast and Furious film built around Charlize Theron's character. So... Yeah, there's a lot on the table right now. Moritz has been a mainstay in the franchise for quite some time, and now apparently he's out. So what do you guys make of this story? And specifically, what do you make of this decision to have him removed? Um, I mean, listen, Hollywood is the land of lawsuits, right? And and most of them are pretty frivolous, I would say. Uh, there are a lot of people who say, oh, but, but you know, he, he said something at a party. We had an oral agreement. And a lot of the times it is crap. This is Neil Moritz saying this. Like, I, I totally believe him. Uh, he obviously did do a lot of uh, prep work on this, uh, you know, with development in terms of putting all the elements together. He did what a producer does. And then just as shooting was start uh, was about to to start they kicked his executive off the set she had gone to like london like it's not like this was like a surprise to anybody here's the thing he gets a lot of money on these movies as a Mm -hmm. producer and i'm sure they were looking at the budgets of these things being like god like this would be we'd you know so much more profitable if we didn't have to put shell out so many millions to neil who's probably making something like 10 to 15 million dollars a movie on on these movies um so they asked him to renegotiate right uh, and and he was like, no, yeah, I have a deal. What do you mean? 
Like, this is the deal. This has been the deal in all the Fast and Furious movies. And no, I'm not going to change it. Like, because not only, because this is your biggest franchise. Like, uh, and they were, and then they got into the, well, you know, reading your contract, uh, you know, it says sequels and, and reboots, but nothing about spinoffs. And so you're, you're off Hobbs and Shaw. Mm-hmm. And now there's just so much bad blood, including a lawsuit that Neil filed uh, originally that had Jimmy Horowitz personally mm-hmm. named in it. Yes. You know, normally people are just filing suit, suits against the studio. This named Jimmy Horowitz personally because of the oral agreement, uh, mm-hmm. Element mm-hmm. of it all, then it's just like, all right, this relationship isn't salvageable. We're not bringing you back for Fast Nine or Ten. Out. Let's pay, right, let's pay yeah. him off. I mean, listen, they're going to have to pay either way. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems like thing, that relationship has sort of uh, run its course. Um, I, I, I side with Neil Moritz because I think, listen, you had a deal, and I. I I get that it's a spin-off Hobbs and Shaw, but like what is really the difference between a spin-off and a sequel? This is the continuation mm. of, you know, a pretty good chunk of the story of Fast and Furious. No, it doesn't have the main cast. Uh but you know, they're gonna be referencing past events. I I, I don't know. Well that's it's the tough. question I have as part of what you just brought up. There's a whole lot of gray area in this mm. situation, which is making me hesitant to say, Oh, you are right and you are wrong in this situation. But if he does have a history of being difficult to work with wouldn't you think there would be an out in these contracts somehow in order to kind of write someone out of the franchise as it goes forward? And the gray area being those definitions, because this industry is going to have to spell those out at some point because the rise of cinematic universes is only going to continue. And then it's the whole thing about having an oral agreement. Are you Mm -hmm. kidding? When you're playing with this kind of money, I mean, I understand it is industry standard to a degree, but wouldn't you be better off putting everything specifically on paper and avoiding it that way? Let me ask you this right now. What do you think John Cena's deal is? That's an oral agreement. I wouldn't be surprised. John Cena has no paperwork, no contract uh, for Fast 9. Well, he's used to that because WWE, they do their oral agreements all the time. He he, he went over to to Vin Diesel's house, took a meeting. Vin Diesel's like, this is what I see for you in Fast 9, man. And and Cena's like, hey, sounds great. I'm I'm building my career. Let me jump on. Yeah, and then I appear in your Instagram video. It's like, there's no paperwork there yet. Right, but this feels more, this feels like a divorce, right? Uh, You hear this all the time. Oh, this person said, oh, he said this or she said this at this time and promise me this. I'm telling you, that's the truth. That's what they said. And when you go with oral agreements, then anybody can say what was said and interpret things in a certain way or convince themselves to interpret things in a certain way. And that's what I think about this. I'm not choosing the studio or Neil's side. I think they both probably have a history of kind of doing some underhanded stuff in their negotiations. That's how Hollywood works. Producers certainly are known for lying to you about certain things and then getting you on the set and then changing things around. Studios do the same thing, especially when they're hiding profits. I mean, there was a huge story years ago where Tom Hanks couldn't see dime one of Forrest Gump money, even though it made like 500 million worldwide, and they claimed they didn't make any money off the movie. So studios always are shady in certain things. I think this comes down to a personal thing, and that Neil Morris is apparently just, he's just stepped on one too many toes in this franchise mm-hmm. over the years, one too many lawsuits. And the fact that Vin Diesel, who, who Moritz produced in Triple X and Fast and Furious, so you could argue Vin Diesel has a career because of Neil Moritz and his producing. Even he's okay with moving Neil off this production so and off this franchise. So that tells me it all boils down to a personal thing. He probably pissed off one too many people, and now they want him out. Uh, Neil's just trying to fight for whatever he can get out of this whole situation. He's going to settle for a nice penny and move on. He's already got like 10 projects in production, and one we're going to talk about. So what does he care? It's about well, his... 
his name. One other part of this story, though, that might put this into perspective a little more is I'm going to read this directly from the THR article as well. Moritz says Universal, citing the growing budget of Hobbs and Shaw as it moved toward production, asked top talent to participate in a pool that would allow the studio to break even before cutting the various players in on profits. Sources say even Johnson, as in Dwayne Johnson, who gets dollar one gross as a matter of course, agreed to jump into that profit sharing pool. But a studio insider says Moritz wound Moritz wound up for his usual game of hardball, prompting the studio to drop him because he had a deal because he's like, why? Why would I jump in? Like, why would I make Mm. this easier for you to recoup your money? Like we had a deal. This is my deal on all these movies. That's the thing. It's not like this is like their first movie Mm -hmm. and they're haggling back and forth about deal points. He has eight contracts already that are signed and executed that he's collected on. He just assumed that Hobbs and Shaw would be more the same. He used to say other people aren't in a similar situation. It's like Dwayne Johnson, he's, he said, okay, I will do this new arrangement. Sure, but he's been, uh, Norman Morris has been producing for 20 years. Yeah, to him, actors come and go. He has an ego higher than Dwayne Johnson's. In his mind, he yeah. is more valuable yes. than Dwayne Johnson because Dwayne Johnson can come and go. He is consistent with his track record. I'm not telling you that's See, John right. Said the right. I'm telling you what he I thinks. I get it. It's, and here, here's kind E-word. of where yeah. I draw the line. And it's not even with this story in particular. This is kind of how I've been brought up as a filmmaker through mm. school is that, you know, especially in film school, when you're basically trying to make the most of every single penny you have, I've worked with people who have looked at a student crew and said, you guys are lucky to work on my project. And then I'm looking at them and I'm like, we're lucky to have their hard work for less than their worth. I can't understand that, which is making this hard for me to process. Right. There, there are always egos involved in any big Hollywood movie. This franchise in particular, though, because everyone My feels God. a sense of ownership. Yeah. Like, with, you know, with, with Diesel and, and Universal and, and uh, Chris Morgan, too. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so, yeah, a lot, lot of uh, there's, egos. There's so much drama defeat. in this franchise, too. I mean, that's why Vin, Vin's probably like, look, just right. whatever. Just get this out of my Paul's face. I dealt death. with The Rock. Yeah, Paul's death. We've got Tyrese Gibson going crazy yeah. in, in front of swimming pools. Like he, he didn't want nothing to do with this crap. And I think Fast, I think Neil saw sees that the Hobbs and Shaw is going to be more profitable than the main Fast and Furious franchise. So he wants his name on these so he can make more money than the Fast and Furious. All right, ones. looking ahead a little bit, let's turn to the live chat here. We've mm. got Chris Robinson who chimed in and said Fast and Furious will survive regardless who is working on it behind the scenes as long as the movies I agree are with good. That. The so producers are relevant. I mean, yeah. as long as the movies are good you can say that for any franchise but it's will it survive or not depends i think on the appeal of it and vin i don't know what vin's pulling power is anymore versus dwayne johnson's pulling power well, that's I think a whole we're gonna other have that hashed out a little more yeah. when Hobbs and shaw comes out before we move on real quickly what do you think of this this cypher spinoff around charlie's theron to me it makes no bad idea yeah. i didn't She's like her villain. I, I just didn't like her character all that much. I mean, th- they have a history of turning villains, though, into... Just Statham. And Statham's... It's, it's a different character. Cypher was a villain threatening the man's child. But, 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 Cypher killed Han, who a lot of Decker people Shaw didn't killed, care about. Killed, uh, w- uh, what's his name? Han, Han right? Yeah, but yeah. a lot of people so, didn't care about Han. He was one of the... He was one of the I'm going to tell you the truth. A lot of people didn't care about Han, which is why Hobbs and Shaw <laughs> popped off like it did. If he killed Gal Gadot, that's a whole nother problem. If he killed, uh, if he killed Paul Walker uh, before he 
past, obviously, or or Dwayne Johnson or even Vin Diesel. That's another yeah. conversation. But Han is one of the ensemble. Like if he killed Ludacris, people wouldn't be that broken up about it. This is a conversation it. for another show. I have too <laughs> much to say about this. We've got to tell you right now about some really cool stuff coming your way on Collider. And also, I just want to remind you that story number two today is going to be that can roundup. And you're going to want to hear about these really big projects in the works over there. But first, a brief plug on some cool stuff you've got coming your way on Collider Video. All right, listen. No, it's enough of this. You're going to watch the thing with me. Just can we watch the thing together? I need you to both shut your mouths because here's a great thing that's going to happen. Uh, we're no longer going to talk about this because we, we're not here anyway. Uh, it is great. They've been great to us. We are moving. We are moving to our own channel, ladies and gentlemen. It is the Collider Live channel. Nice. Subscribe. Yeah, they got to subscribe to that channel. Subscribe to that channel. If you don't subscribe to the channel, you won't get the two-hour live no. show. You won't get the clips. Nope. You won't get the dips. You won't get the hips. And you Any won't find out who stinks. Please, please subscribe. And what else? <laughs> well, well, can the, I come? You all can come. Make sure that go. you get there. Go on over to the channel, Collider Live. Subscribe to the Collider Live channel and catch up all the wackiness. We have our own mothership, and we're going to crash it into an iceberg. <laughs> So in addition to going over and subscribing to the new Collider Live YouTube channel, I want to encourage you to check out our conversation feed on the podcast network as well. That's where you're going to find Roka's brand new show, Deep Cut, and also Riley Roundtable with, of course, Mark Riley. All right, jumping into the second story. Oddly enough, uh, the first movie we want to talk about right now is another Neil Moritz uh, project. (laughs) So, Jeff, this one's all you. Oh, boy. Okay, yeah, cliffhanger. Um, So uh, Anna Lilia Mirpour is going to direct. I think that... She is a an interesting choice. I've been down on her. I was not a fan of the Bad Batch. Um, I didn't see a girl walks home alone at night. I'm in the minority on that, that right? one. No, it's oh, you didn't like it. It wasn't. It wasn't really for me. And I mm. think it's it's more of a it didn't suit my taste type thing. Yeah, it just it didn't look like it was really up my alley. Um, so you know that one's divisive. Bad Batch, I, I didn't care for. Uh, but she does have a great eye. I thought she had a great uh, eye for visuals in that film, and, and I really like the soundtrack. I'm looking forward to this project, Blood Moon, that she's trying to put together. Mm. Um, you know, we broke some news on that a couple weeks ago uh, about the star of Burning doing that film. Um, Cliffhanger, I, I like the idea of, of changing it to a female lead, and it says that Jason Momoa, who was in The Bad Batch, yep. is going to have a key cameo. You have to think he's going to be the guy, right, at the beginning, <laughs> who, 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 the right, who, who drops to his death and, and maybe you know scars the, our, our female lead. <laughs> Um, any any idea who you guys would want to see? I started to think about mm. that, and I'm not entirely sure. At this point in time, the thing that intrigued me most about this project was something she said in her statement, where it's like the movie lets you see what a person is capable of doing to survive in the most extreme situations. And it sounds like a very broad idea, but I think that's why we can get another cliffhanger movie, whereas we could sit at this table and say, well, why are we remaking that? So I yeah. think there's a lot of potential here. Yeah, I don't know who the female Stallone would be. I'd have to think about that, but I I love the the key art poster. I love the tagline. Hold on, mm-hmm. good question. And it's just encouraging that they're they're really hyping up her. You know, a, a, as the filmmaker, they're saying you know uh, from the producers of the Fast and Furious franchise comes a bold new cinematic spectacle. Like I wonder what the budget of this if they, is going to be I if they're they shooting s- it in a different way. You know, there's definitely a report out there that says the budget. I feel I mm. want to say it has something like a seventy million dollar yeah. production. They want to match what the production budget was in the first one. Uh, I would throw yeah, Charlize that, that was the first one yeah. as an yeah. older actor. Star or, or, or a little bit older action star where Stolen was at that time, you could throw Charlize Theron in the mix. She could play that part, or you could even throw Brie Larson if you want to go younger and play around with that. That's certainly possible. Gal Gadot, 
it's certainly possible to play this kind of thing. Yeah. So those are all in play, I think, as action good, female good, action good stars. Yeah, yeah. I would love to see someone I wouldn't expect, though. It's like I feel like <laughs> if we made a list on the spot, that would be the list. Yeah. Um, before we move on to your movie, Roka, yeah. I have a question here from Sky Patterson who's asking... Is there anything coming out at the Cannes Film Festival that you hope hits well with the wider general audience and critics? Maybe a little something from Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, that would be nice. It would, uh, having interviewed Mike Moe here, which will come out a little bit later, uh, I am cheering for, I'm hoping for that film to do well and be received well and treat that sensitive material well mm-hmm. as well. All right. You want to tell us about your oh, movie yeah, yeah. now? Uh, Mel Gibson is going to star in this film. Of, he's going to play Chris Kringle. That's two C's, not two K's like you're used to. He's going to play Santa Claus. It's a new Darkly Tomic, uh, comic take. It's called Fat Man, for God's sakes. Uh, it's about a spoiled kid who hires a hitman to kill Santa Claus uh, because Santa Claus left a lump of coal in his stocking. Child, you need some therapy. You don't need to have Santa killed. You need some therapy. But this is being done. It's being produced by Brandon James of Roughhouse, Nadine DeBarros of Fortitude, and Lisa Wolofsky. The names that I that jump out at me are Danny McBride and uh, David Gordon Green from uh, Roughhouse Partners. They're involved, and Jody Hill as well. That means it's, it's it, it feels like Bad Santa all over again. So I wonder where, but with a little more darker tone to it. But I, you know, I like Gibson doing this. He's doing the smaller stuff. That's where he's finding his work. So we'll see if it. Pops off? It feels like Bad Santa all over again. Yes. And I don't know. I I mean, I'm hesitant to completely write him off. But <laughs> the second I read this headline, I'm like, no. <laughs> I, I don't want to watch I just think this. it's hilarious that Mel Gibson went from like being excommunicated, excommunicated from Hollywood to being Santa Claus yeah. of all people. I think that this movie will come down to the casting of the hitman. You know, I'd mm-hmm. heard that uh, initially they had wanted Colin Farrell uh, to, oh. to pair, to pair yeah. with uh, Mel Gibson. But I think if, if Colin Farrell is going to play another assassin, he's going to do it in, in a movie that's way better than, than what this uh, sounds. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, will they go with like a, a tough, like hardened guy like Colin Farrell? Will they play it a little bit more comedic uh you know, what, what, what if what if pete davidson was there how about something like that i want to see hater the, would be great. I, I'll go I the barry a hardcore <laughs> yeah. obsession with barry mm. episode five of season two just blew my mind so I'm, now i'm like cast bill hater in absolutely everything, everything yeah. and make him all the assassins all the time it. well Ian, he, he Ian, directed the crap out of yeah, that episode. i was so impressed ian and eshron helms are directing this one and they did a couple of recently a couple of smaller films small time crooks uh, and Waffle Street. That's so, what they did. No, Small yeah. Time Crooks was good with yeah, John Hawks. With John I, Hawks. I liked it. So it's, this is going to be a style. smaller film, I imagine. So it might it might get the comedy across because it's not a big budget. So I look forward to that. I've enjoyed Mel's stuff recently. Yeah. Going back to uh, the chat for Cliffhanger here, we have Dan Allen who says uh, Alicia Vikander, which admittedly no, we is... we saw that. Is, we already saw it. I was going to say, it was another uh, obvious Actually, name that came to mind it. based on the list that we were making yeah. before. But it's like, yeah, I know why. It's because of Tomb Raider. Nope. It's yeah. going to feel like the same thing. I don't she want that. that movie, so why, why would they give her this one? <laughs> the use, use your brain, guys. By the way, Cliffhanger is not a, it's not a good... I don't like Cliffhanger, so I like that they're remaking it. I'm, I'm not attached to it. it by any means. Yeah. Alright, we have one more canned movie to tell you about, and this is a big one because it teams Tiffany Haddish with Chris Hemsworth in a buddy action comedy called Down Under, where the two of them are playing cops. So Hemsworth's character is a detective who goes undercover to crack a series of baffling casino heists in which the prime suspects are a troop of Australian male erotic dancers. Dorian is giggling in the background. Of course. He's forced to take the partner. No one else will. Haddish's character, a lone wolf who only does things her way. Together they have to work as an unlikely duo to solve the crime <laughs> of their careers 
it's hard for me to say no to a movie with Chris Hemsworth in it or a movie with <laughs> Tiffany Haddish right. in it. So much of this just like feels like things that they've done before to me. And I don't know, there's just, I mean, other than the interesting addition of male erotic dancer, there's nothing really about this that suggests there's going to be, you know, something more than kind of like the broad buddy comedies we've seen before. Um, yeah, I guess, but I, I'm totally down for this pairing. I mean, yeah. Chris Hemsworth has killed it in, in smaller comedic roles, whether it's Ghostbusters or Vacation. So the idea of him doing like a full length, you know, buddy action, buddy action comedy with Tiffany Haddish, uh, sounds like a lot of fun to me. Um, I like the, the male exotic dancers element as, as the villain. Uh, they could have a lot of fun with casting. You can see Hemsworth going undercover like for that. The entire Magic Mike cast just playing the team of villains. Yeah, yeah you know, if sure. That, if that was ever something that would happen, I would be sold in a heartbeat. That'd be funny. <laughs> Didn't we see that in Sugar and Spice where the cheerleaders were stealing? That movie that was, that's is a, so good. They're bank robbers, right? So, I mean, you can do a gang thing. Oh, it works. God, it's Perry. very funny. I, I, I will... watched that way too much in the 90s. <laughs> but I will say this. I love the fact that he's, he's being paired with another uh, black actress. I love the in, that, that we're just interracial stuff. Oh, no after big Tessa, deal. After, yeah, after Tessa. After Tessa, both in Ragnarok and now in Men in Black, you have him with Tiffany Haddish. I'm digging this. I love this. It's all just standard stuff. Let's all move forward and have a good time. Plus, male, female. I like that as well. It's good buddy cop in that yeah, way. Ho- hopefully, this one comes to fruition. Obviously, with all these can projects, mm. you know, it's easy to make an announcement. It's a lot mm. harder to make, to make a movie, uh, and a lot of these attachments are tenuous at best. Yeah. Uh, and, and people, you know, you could have a new person cast in a week. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so, so it all two depends. Two of the three that we spoke about don't even have a director right. attached. Right. It's like the cliffhanger one is much easier for me to process. Where the other two, I'm not quite sure. Yeah, cliffhanger's what, you know, real. That's what, legit. What tone of comedy are we really going for here? We're we're going to have to wait and see on that one. Yep. We wanted to save a little time for your live chat questions today. And I've got a good one here from Patrick Hamilton who wanted to know, do you think the Watchmen TV show will be better than the movie? Damn, that's a great question. Certainly that trailer that dropped today at a minute, 20 seconds, which uh, Dorian just skimmed. That's a fantastic trailer <laughs> that I thoroughly enjoyed. And it's a new uh, a new lore that they're creating, new mythology they're creating because they're off the reservation of the Watchmen book that Alan Moore did. And a lot, a lot of people liked the initial movie. So, yes, I think overall people will receive this because it's HBO, and HBO rarely misses on their dramas. So I think it is going to be good. Uh, I think it looks I look I think it looks great. I mean, it's hard to say right now whether it'll be better than the movie. I thought the movie was pretty good. Yeah, I love the but movie. then again, the movie was an adaptation of the graphic novel, right. which was is a masterpiece. So, you know, it was like a known quantity. This one, I'm not quite sure what to make of what the story will mm-hmm. be or who these new characters are, but hey, take me on the journey. All right, let's get one more question here. Oh, by the way, I liked it a lot. I love Watchmen the movie, so it's a a high bar to hit for me, but I'm super into what I saw so far. Dan Allen is asking, is The Farewell going to win Aquafina an Academy Award? I don't necessarily think, when I think about The Farewell and its Oscar Mm. chances at this point in time before the movie has been seen by the wide public, I feel like it might be one of those kind of dark horses where we're rooting for it from maybe a writing standpoint, and that's early on in the year you know what happens as we move through the calendar year we're gonna have a million other things but right now that's kind of where i'm picturing it landing like almost almost like a similar feel to the types of categories the big sick was going for if that makes any sense sure um, listen, she, she could. It all depends on the competition. That's the thing. Like, she could be totally deserving, and then there could be five movies or five actresses who are just more deserving, you know? Um, the thing about Hollywood making more and more female-driven stuff is that it's going to be harder. 
It's, it's a harder right. bar of, of entry to get these nominations. It used to be that like best actor was the dog fight and you had 10 or 15 leading men each year. And it was just so hard to get a nomination. Now you're seeing that in best actress and, and even best supporting actress. And obviously there's a lot of big movies coming out this fall and this winter uh, with, with big female performances. There are probably a lot of female actresses who are happy to have that problem. So yeah. I think that's a good thing. And mm-hmm. we'll see about Aquafina where she goes and what she does next. But certainly the, the lady has the talent. I cannot recommend The Farewell enough, though. If you have any interest in seeing it, and even if you don't, give it a chance. That is a very, very special movie. trailer was great. I cried. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Wait until you see the movie. Um, Before we tune out, I wanted to bring up a GQ article that was a lot of fun, or at least I was having fun. (laughs) Roku, you have to play along. There's You you can't cop out. All right. So their article is, what your Pokemon pick says about you. So who is your Pokemon? (laughs) I I, I don't know. If you don't know any Pokemon, you have to say the first one that comes to your mind, and that basically will give us a description of who John Roka is at his core. I know no Pokemon, but Pikachu. Oh, you're killing me. I just know Pikachu. Si- si- no, no, no. He already said Pikachu, uh, and I and the reason why I'm forcing him to go with that because I know the answer to that one, and okay. it's simply you basic. Yeah, true. <laughs> I'm a Harry Potter basic match. Oh, what's, yep. what's yours? I only know Pikachu too. What do you mean, yeah. guys? Dorian, <laughs> anyone Dorian. who can name more than one Pokemon is, is under like, a certain should, should be under police watch. <laughs> what? Dor- all right, Dorian. Oh, Dorian's Dorian Pokemon right. is is Psyduck. So Dorian. You use Tweet Deck to view Twitter, oh and you're constantly confused and upset. <laughs> That's what yeah. it says. There you go. Wait, That's wait. a terrible description, Doran. Thank you. All right, I can't put you guys on the spot and not do my own. So my my go to is Charmander, who says. You fooled everyone, maybe even yourself, into thinking that you're all cute and sweet, but there's a fire inside Ooh. you, and you are ready to let folks know very that they've wronged that is you. Very that is a correct <laughs> assessment of Perry Nemo. I am loving this. If you guys want to play along and tell us what description you got, go check that out on GQ. <laughs> that is it. That is a wrap on today's episode of Movie Talk. I hope you guys are enjoying the new format. Just know we are working this live chat in more and more every single day. We're getting used to the process here we're smoothing out the whole thing so as we do that this show is going to get more and more refined so if you like what you see right now get ready it's only going to get better from here jeff roca thank you for being on the table with me adam in the booth you are the best thank you so much thanks again to dorian for his help today guys we will see you tomorrow 3 p.m pt live for a new episode like and share this one check us out on podcast form too we'll see you soon bye Stay little chico, pit bull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. 
Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary.